So if you could be here around nine, that would be great. Okay. Well, listen here. Hello, and welcome to 90 Day Fiance Okay. I'm Mr. O, and today, Ms. H and I will be discussing Season 6, Episode 2 of Before the 90 Days. In this episode, Riley's dad has some concerning messages to share with him. Jasmine continues to give us too much information about her ass. Everyone is nervous about how David is going to handle the Philippines. Amanda makes her way to Bucharest and confuses her kids about the sleeping situation. And Tyre is holding on to a dream that Carmela is real. As always, we'll end with our students of the week, class dances, and life lessons. All right, thanks for listening. Stay safe and enjoy. Mr. O. Hello, Miss H. How are you today? I'm not doing too bad. Not too bad. I, I had a full night's sleep and it's the end of my day, which is not the same for you, <laughs> right? Yes. So how are you doing? I am doing okay mm-hmm. at the moment. Uh, we will see how I feel sleep-wise in a few hours. Um, the reason why is because I am in the Philippines right now and I literally just got here mm, like maybe 24 hours ago. So why don't we start off with our couple who is also in the Philippines right now, and that's David and Sheila. So David is on his way to the airport so he can see his girlfriend Sheila in the Philippines. His friend Carlos is giving him a ride to the airport. David says he's excited to meet Sheila in person, but he's willing to accept the loss if things don't work out. Carlos says that he will be there to get him if he has to come home early. Carlos clearly cares for David and hopes that he doesn't get his heart broken. David hasn't flown in 18 years, and he's nervous because he has challenges being deaf, like not being able to hear announcements. He has to rely on gate agents or flight attendants to notify him of any news. David has invested a lot of time into his relationship, so he hopes it's successful, and he's hoping that he can come back an engaged man. David is enjoying the airline food as he envisions a romantic first meeting where they leap into each other's arms and kiss. In Cebu, Philippines, we met Sheila, who is trying to play with her son, John Rail. She tells the story of John Rail farting in her face and laughing. So that just tells us the type of person Sheila is. She met his father when she was 16, and she broke up with him when she found out she was pregnant because uh, the baby daddy was young and she says that he couldn't provide. Sheila shows us her life of living with her parents and having to get water from a pump. The house is small and a bit of a mess from the fire and the typhoon. Sheila says that her and David chat frequently, but video chats can be challenging because she doesn't know much sign language. Other people in her life have been concerned about David's hearing, but Sheila says she just ignores them. Sheila is worried that David will hate the house, and her dad says that maybe he can help out once he sees it. Sheila says that she can ask, but she's not going to push it, and she appreciates the support she has been given already by David. Sheila tells us that she is hard of hearing because when she was a kid, she stuck a stick in her ear playing broomstick and punctured her eardrum. Later, Sheila goes out with her friends shopping for sexy clothes. Sheila tells us that, oh gosh, she's seen his eggplant and it is red and yummy. She says that they are both very horny people. We also find out that David is very jealous and so is Sheila and he wants to be able to check each other's phones to prove that they have been faithful. Sheila says that she is jealous because her ex cheated on her. Sheila is worried about the fighting because, you know, when they have gotten in fights, when she gets mad or frustrated, she would rather just speak out loud and communication might be a challenge since, like she had mentioned before, she only knows a little sign language. All right. So, God, there's a lot to unpack here. Um, Why don't we start with uh, the challenges that David clearly faces because he is deaf? Um, things that I don't know if I would have really considered, you know, at the airport and things like that. And then just his, uh, the issues he's going to have with Sheila when they're arguing and, you know, she gets kind of excited about the conversation and she, you know, you know, wants to go into the mode that's easiest for her to communicate, which I'm, I'm sure is like that with people who are, you know, just have different native languages. 
Yeah, yeah. So I was like, that didn't seem all that much different than, you know, what mm-hmm. we see like any kind of language barrier, right? Right. Like if she wanted to go off in Tagalog and he only knew right. English, you would still have the same problem, right? You just he just wouldn't maybe doesn't get the tone as much here, but I feel like if she's doing like wild gesticulating and stuff, he'll get the we get the impression that she's mad. But if she went off on a different language and he still wouldn't know what she was talking about, even if he was a native, just a native English speaker instead of a native ASL speaker. I thought the most interesting part yeah. was like the gate agent part because I feel like they I feel like they've done a pretty better job at that now. Like they do still make the announcements, right? Where they're just like, all right, we're gonna start boarding and blah, 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 blah. But like it there's also like little signs that are like, now boarding, C1 through C20, you know, like they're there and they're like they they it's gotten a lot better. Maybe it's because he hasn't flown in 18 years that he doesn't know that kind of stuff. Yeah, right. That's, just, actually that, that's interesting what I'm thinking right now. <laughs> I so appreciate it when they have those signs, but it's inconsistent. Like not all airlines have those where it tells mm. you exactly who's boarding. It may generally say boarding, but you know, if you've flown, you have like different zones or different group numbers or whatever. And it's like, doesn't necessarily mean it's your turn. So the general announcement of just boarding, like really isn't enough. And how embarrassing for him if he's like, oh, boarding just like walks right up and they tell him like, oh, you know, this is the wrong zone or the wrong group. At that point, if they realize he's deaf, they probably would just let him go. Yeah, yeah. Because it, it is awkward to just be like, I'm just going to walk right up and they're going to do it. But I guess I'm mostly thinking of Southwest because Southwest, you have to line up, right? And they have like the big right. lines. Line up here now, B. 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 <laughs> line up here. And yeah. so it's a little bit better. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting that there's not I'm, – I'm actually kind of fascinated, not that I thought – and it shows exactly how much I thought about it, that there's not more regulation about that. That there's right. not a requirement that they like have the boarding groups posted. Um on there, like from the FAA or somebody, just because that does seem like a, a reasonable accommodation. And it's one of those things that's like, not only is it a reasonable accommodation for, you know, someone who is is deaf, but just like every almost all accommodations that we make for people with disabilities, it helps out like literally everybody else. Oh, right? yeah, absolutely. How many people do you have that are just sitting around waiting like with like their headphones in? Not paying attention to, especially nowadays. I mean, I just got recently noise-canceling earbuds. Yeah, me too. And so it's like, it doesn't pick up announcements very well. And I'm like, wait, wait, what's going on? Yeah. And you're like, huh? And how many people are you standing in line at an airline, at the thing, and they kind of walk up to you and you're like, or at least walk up to the line and be like, what group is this? Like, who is this? And you're like, yeah, it should be, it should be up there. Um, But I think it's going to, obviously it's going to be worse in the Philippines, like we saw her with the running water and stuff like that. And it's like, and it's going to be one of those things where I would, I would imagine myself getting very frustrated if I was, if I was a deaf person, if I was in uh, David's position, because people are going to treat you like you're, like you're stupid. Right. Yeah. And he said that too, like uh, in the last episode, he was just Mm -hmm. like, people assume he's dumb because he can't communicate in the same way. Right. And And you you don't, you don't know what's going on when it's super obvious to everybody else what's going on. And the reason is because they communicated what's going on in a way that you can't perceive. Right. Right. And I think a lot of people make that assumption too, when they have someone who, you know, like doesn't know the language very well. Oh, for sure. Yes. Very related. Like there's Mm -hmm. certainly assumptions there and i mean i think it's like interesting when you realize oh this person is like a phd or a doctor you know like in their um native country and it's just like almost shocking to other people like whoa like you're educated or you know whatever and it's because it's like yeah i think just even even having someone speak another language regardless of their ability to me to me that's smart but I do know that a lot of people make assumptions because it's hard to learn another language. So the fact that you're even like somewhat fluent, like that's impressive mm-hmm. to me. Yeah. I mean, I, I used to think that until I worked at a school where you have a lot of bilingual kids and some of mm-hmm. them are really, really not smart. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think it's also different. It's much easier to come by a new language when you're young, right? Language yeah, acquisition sure. really like optimizes up until the age of nine. Then after the age of nine, it's like 
increasingly yeah. difficult. Well, and the other thing too is it is the other thing that's different is that most most of them have learned English through full immersion, right? And I've yeah, like years and years and years of full immersion. And it's like okay, well now they know English, but not something I've ever done or tried. Like you know, going places, but like. Like my kids just got back from France and it's like, it does not matter. Like most of the places we go as Americans, you walk around and it's like, yeah, we'll figure some, somebody, somebody somewhere is going to speak English enough. Yeah. I've actually been kind of, I don't know, interested in the fact that here in the Philippines, most of the signs and most of like, you know, the signage and things like that, they're all in English. Well, that's because until 1945, the Philippines was part of the U.S. Oh, right. <laughs> I, I'm always thinking of like older than that, right? Spanish. Yeah, older than that, it was Spanish. Yeah, but but, yes. but after yes. between like the 50 years in between the Spanish American War and World War II, it was Philippines was part of the U.S. Yes, right, right. Uh, okay, what do you think of Sheila? A little TMI here. Uh, I mean, it would be in a normal episode, but you know, we got Jasmine over here just being like making this oh, lady God. seem like. Just that is like, so true. Oh, that is so thing. so true. I was like, red eggplant. Okay, ah! at least, yeah. I mean, at least eggplant, unlike yammy yam, is like oh, something God. we've associated. The eggplant emoji is the penis right. emoji. Like that's Universal. been established, right? I think at this point, right? Yeah. <laughs> right. And so that one, at least, you're like, okay, I see where you came up with that. You probably do the thing, but yes, it's like there's certain. Which I always thought was a it's an it's an interesting emoji to use for it because it's not really the right shape for most I I assume for most people and also yeah. it's the wrong color for most people like it's a weird right I mean I, I would say the wrong color as if there's people, not, right? there's all kinds of different colors just like there's because there's people with all different skin colors but okay. it's like eh, I'm not I'm not sure why we settled on that one but we did. I know. Well, I think maybe because the banana was like the peely banana. Yes, true, true. But then there was like, there's like lollipop. I got lollipop is no good. There's like rockets and corn and like I don't know. There's lots of things that are at a forty five degree angle. (laughs) To me, that like screams STD ridden. Fair enough. I give you that. That one's bumpy and lumpy. Sure, sure. Maybe we can make that an emoji. The STD emoji (laughs) is now an ear of corn. Yes, the uh, don't. You, this is the this is the penis you stay away from. This is the corn. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So Sheila, her hard of hearing doesn't seem to be a challenge because she's got Sounds technology like, to right. kind of compensate for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, but she does seem. I don't know. She says that it's it's like uh, degenerative. It's what it sounds like. She made this yes. whole thing with the broomstick, but she did say like eventually I will completely lose my hearing. Um, yeah. So, yeah, and I wonder what kind of technology there would be by that time. Like, she just has a hearing aid. Like, she doesn't even have a cochlear implant, right? right. And so, I'm, I'm curious is that if she ever actually will be, you know, like, uh, where we at, where David is. David seems to be, like, n- he can't hear anything ever. Like, he doesn't right. hear cars coming. He doesn't have a sense of anything. He's got, he's got nothing. Because, um, you he know, never it's, everything's has, a scale. And, so and he never has. a little different, right? Yes, which is why he can't talk. Right. He's literally never heard someone talk. Yeah. Um, So that that makes sense. I don't know. It's we'll see. We'll see. This seems like a uh, let's put it this way. I like this one. It's very similar in terms of where Sheila lives to like Rose and Ed. Yes. And I'm hoping that David is better than Ed. (laughs) Which is oh, God. carefully I mean, not I a very high bar. I mean, I see it play out. I can already tell him his reaction is going to be better than Ed. Yeah, that's true. That's I mean, true. but also I think just given the challenges in David's life, like fitting into, you know, uh, society, I feel like he in general um, will probably have a lot more empathy for oh, yeah, other challenges. Oh, yeah, yeah, that, I hope, let's hope so. At least he doesn't just get there and get frustrated. I don't know. And then they, then of course, and I, I do appreciate that they have some of the same stupid problems that everybody has, like the yeah. phones and the checking the phones. Like whose idea is this? And I don't know. We'll see. Oh, hopefully, geez. we hopefully we can get past this muting the sound every episode for him pretty soon. Um, yeah. So yeah. since we mentioned it, let's just go and take the bandaid off and put the butt plugs in and talk about Jasmine. So. 
Not that we're doing that, but you know references. Gino is visiting his family and it looks like they're making pasta from scratch. So he says it's dinner at his Uncle Marco's and Uncle Marco is his basically his father figure. And Uncle Marco put it together so that everyone could spend some time together before Gino's big trip to Panama. So it's a pretty standard family dinner and Marco even comments about Gino's wardrobe upgrades like nicer shirts, nicer hats, but same old Jesus sandals, <laughs> if not without the socks. So then they ask how ja- about Jasmine's new apartment and what he is and isn't paying for. And he, he does that Gino thing where he doesn't want to lie. So he just goes like, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they also – he does that and they also does that when they talk about the prenup that they brought up last season, which brings us a flashback to the tell-all where, you know, Jasmine just immediately was like, no prenups, not, a, not an option, done. But Gino says he's actually considering it now and he's afraid things are going to blow up when he mentions it. You know, it's because they are. So, when, of course, the whole family thinks that Jasmine's the one here being unreasonable and he just needs to stand up for himself. So then we switch to Jasmine who is out having some drinks with the girls. The girlfriends are worried about Jasmine and Gino's sexual chemistry, which is a weird thing to be worried about for like for your friend. For your friend, yeah, Um, because Gino's libido is on the way down and hers is on the way up. So uh, this is even more carried on by another weird thing to give your friend, which is a uh, set of butt plugs. God. And then there's a whole lot of very in in detail conversation about her plans with these these and what she's going to do with Gino and like why she needs them. It's unfortunate. Um, (laughs) But thankfully, then they move on to talking about how she doesn't get along with his family. So the inciting incident of this conversation is is a social media message that wasn't exactly clear how it came through. It was a comment or something about – you know, somebody kind from his family asking, like, well, how much do you even love Gino? Which she's greatly offended by. It's from his cousin Dana. And now she thinks that they all just think she's in it for the green card. So back to the legal issues with the marriage, she wants to go the other way. Instead of, you know, having a legal contract for a prenup, she wants a living will to guarantee it all comes to me. None of your family gets any of your money. All of your money is mine. Um, you know, get and she says it would be bullshit to do it any other way. So it's one way she can make sure that he's putting her number one. So we're all done and um, after that because now it's time for Gino's trip to the airport, which is always kind of a boring scene. So Uncle yeah. Marco is on his ride despite his concerns. And on the way, Gino gets a pep talk about how to stand up – about standing up for himself because Marco says that Jasmine's back, bouncing boobs always turn his common sense to jelly. That's a direct <laughs> quote. So he says that even though the relationship has come, he being Gino now, has been complicated by lots of things, uh, he still loves her stronger as time goes on. And he's pretty sure that this is going to be the last time they have to work out their issues before the visa gets approved and she moves to the States. So we also see Gino's like he's walking at the to the security gate and he's wearing like – I was very confused because he has like three pairs of pants and a fanny pack on <laughs> where he's hiding his passport by his crotch like three layers deep. Um, So we see that and then he's off to Panama. So it's five hours later and Jasmine is at the Panama City Airport uh, to pick him up and is excited to grab his ass a little bit. So then there's that long, weird wait when you're just waiting for somebody to come out of customs. So he finally does. She clearly blows right past the line where that she's supposed to wait behind, like as he's (laughs) coming out the, the hallway. And then just assaults his face with her tongue. It's very, oh God. very and tongue forward. You can forward. tell, too. There's evidence. Yes. And, uh, yeah, there's lipstick and everything. All of it. it's, it's not bad. But she also tells us that that was her being, uh, you know, on her better behavior because if it was a family establishment, she'd be kissing somewhere else. So I guess I'll start with why is – why does Jasmine think we need this level of granular detail of her sex life. I don't life. know. I don't know. I think she definitely is trying to portray an image mm-hmm. that she's like this sexy girlfriend, you know, who is all horned up for her man at any given moment, you know, and I definitely think she's trying to portray that even to Gino. You know, like I think also there's an element of the rejection she's been getting from Gino. Mm-hmm. is, like, very closely tied to, like, you know, personally offending her, 
you know, and yes. making her not feel sexy. So I feel like she's trying to like overcompensate in that way by like, look at how uh, sexy I am. Look how sexually open I am. And she's trying to portray this image to, you know, because like I said, I, I feel like it's very much tied into her self-identity. And so the fact that, you know, she doesn't have Gino or everyone else like, you know, turned on by all of her suggestive remarks, like that's like offensive to her. No, I mean, I definitely get that if you're in a situation where you're in a, uh, you know, a, a relationship where the, where the sex is a problem, it definitely mm-hmm. is very difficult to not take personally and not take right. as a, this person is not attracted to me. And, you know, therefore, and it's a person that in, ostensibly is committed to me, the one person who's supposed to be attracted to me, you know, is not, is hard to deal with. And this is yeah. not necessarily the way I'd, I'd go about dealing with it, but it always is an overcompensating type thing, right? It's like, yes. oh, just so everybody knows, I definitely do like the sex and I like all the things with the sex and the sex is good. And like, but geez, like, but it also kind of shows me, I don't know, I think it also kind of sends a a different kind of image to me. And that wasn't necessarily what she what she wants. It was. It's kind of like the sexual openness is new for her. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, I would hope so, because isn't one of the things that she said was she lost her job because of her nude pictures. And so uh, mm -hmm. not to say that, you know, it's that specifically, but I do think it's this idea of you don't want to be putting yourself out there if you're a teacher. Right. Mm -hmm. Having Mm -hmm. things out there like public comments where. You know, I think in other cultures, maybe more so than ours nowadays, um, you know, the idea that teachers are really supposed to be role models for their students. Sure. And so kind of putting it out there like, you know, your sexual preferences and things like that is probably frowned upon. So, you know, I feel like maybe this is the first time Jasmine has really been able to be sexually open given her position. But then at the same time, has she really had a public platform to be so sexually open before i mean i guess i guess part of it is just to me it's like is that to me it seems like with someone that's her age right mm-hmm. if you've always been sexually adventurous and sexually open you'd have you'd have tried a lot of this stuff already <laughs> like yeah. this would not be new to you right right and so your friend doesn't need to buy you butt plugs you can buy your own uh, yeah you probably you already have them is, is, is right. the issue right like and, and so that's the kind of thing where it's like, so I definitely feel like you're right. And I do think that is it. I do think that she's very much like it's, it's, it's embarrassing to her and hurtful mm-hmm. to her that it, that he's not satisfied. Right. And yeah. so she is trying a bunch of stuff to do it, but it's like, but she also wants to put it on, put forward. Uh, she still wants to keep her independent woman. I'm not doing this for my man. I'm like, this is what I, this is the crazy person I am that I, that I am, I, I, I am going with, but I don't know. It's, it's just, it just seems like she's trying too hard. And. Okay. So I had a question like slash thought when I was watching, you know, their segment because Gino doesn't seem super turned on by her. Like even when he saw her in person. Right. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it was I just I just felt it was different from the last time we saw them meet up. So if he's not completely turned on by her, what is he getting out of this relationship now? Like I felt like before it was like, oh, my hot girlfriend, you know, but if he's not even on board with that sentiment anymore, like what is he getting out of this? The thing is, I think he's I still think he thinks she's hot. And I think as a trophy, yes, like he also thinks that other people think she's hot. And I'm with this woman that is objectively attractive to other people, right? I think that is more important to him than him actually being attracted to her. But I also think that in an ideal scenario, he is. But I do think that he gets turned off really easily. Like he has to be in the right emotional state. And I think that her assaulting him in the airport with her tongue does not put God. him in that emotional state. Like it's just funny that she's pushing so hard, and it's it it's it reminds me a lot of that 
you know, anxious avoidant trap, right? Right, Where right. She's being well, more or less, she's being sexually anxious, right? Yeah. And his response is and to be se- available. And and her his response is to be sexually avoidant. And like there right. it's just that whole cycle is in the relationship. It just is localized in their sex life. Right, right. And I kind of also feel like there's um, you know, maybe some cultural norms where he feels like he should be the aggressor, mm, you know, okay, uh, sure. instigator in, um, you know, a sexual relationship. And so for him to not be, that might feel emasculating to him. Oh, no, 100%. Like there's definitely – I've known, you know, seen a lot of situations where guys will say like, oh, I'd love for the woman to start things and like get it get turned on and be more aggressive until she mm-hmm. does. And then they're like, eh, eh. This is yeah. like very much like Gino, like that kind of like, uh, like just pull away a little bit. Um, but I don't know. It just, I, I, it's just some of this stuff is so dumb. The prenup is dumb. The, the living will is dumb, like, which is another thing that I'm not sure you need the living will because I'm pretty much if you don't have a will, isn't that what happens by default? Yeah. It all goes to your spouse. Yeah. Maybe she's worried because it's not like that in Panama. Oh, it could be. Sure. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's move on to another couple where there is some sexual tension, but maybe, I don't know, not in the good way, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> and that's Amanda and Rasvin. Amanda's at the airport on her way to see Rasvin. We get to meet Rasvin, 26, from Bucharest, Romania, who is recording content of him taking off his shirt one button at a time for TikTok. He says he wants to be an actor, but does live TikToks for money. People buy him gifts on TikTok, which then he converts uh, to money. He has 127,000 followers, and he says he keeps the women engaged by being sexy, including rubbing chocolate on his body. Rasmin says he knew he loved Amanda within an hour of meeting her. He says she is funny and sweet. Rasmin has never been in a long-distance relationship and has never dated an American woman. He meets up with his friend, Deanna. They know each other from acting, and he tells her about Amanda's visit, which she thinks is cool and special. Rasvin tells her that Amanda and him have had an intense relationship, and she cares and is loyal. Rasvin thinks their next step would be to move in together. Rasvin has been married before, someone he was engaged with after three months and only married for six months, so he tends to move pretty quickly. He believes the marriage failed because of jealousy issues stemming from his acting ambitions. Deanna asks if he's ready to be a father because Amanda has two children, and Rasvin says "Mm, he doesn't see himself as a father, but more like a friend. He tells Deanna about Amanda's late husband, and Deanna wonders if Amanda truly has an open heart after that heartbreak. Rasvin thinks that Amanda has changed his life, and he's ready to step up. Rasvin is getting ready to meet Amanda, so we got a lot of shirtless video shots of him getting ready. Amanda has arrived in Romania and Rasvin is at the airport with a large white stuffed bear with, I don't know if you noticed this, but like literally no face. Like the outline of a face, but no eyes, no (laughs) nose, no mouth. I was like, what is this? Anyways, Amanda picks up her bag and says she's a little scared. They see each other and embrace. Amanda says she's nervous and shaking and they kiss. Amanda says she loves the bear, but then she says that this feels weird. She says it out loud to him. Rasmin wants to kiss more, and Amanda tells him not to put his tongue in her mouth. She's realizing that the physical comfort isn't quite there, and she hopes that he is patient with her, and they need to take things slow. She tells him in the car to stop staring at her as he keeps trying to go in for a kiss. Uh, Rasmin picks up that Amanda is a bit tense, but he says that he'll be patient. He hopes that she will start to feel comfortable and at home soon. Rasmin has rose petals on the bed, and Amanda thinks that's sweet. She then asks why he has tissues by his bed and giggles when Rasvin suggests that it's for sex. Amanda gets a call from Alina, her daughter, and Rasvin jumps on the chat to say, Hi. Junior, her son, keeps asking about the sleeping arrangements. And he's four, by the way. Mm -hmm. And Amanda avoids that landmine. Later, Amanda is joking about how she doesn't have any space for her stuff in the bathroom. She wonders why he didn't plan ahead. Rasvin is in his tidy whities and they're getting ready for bed and Amanda is embarrassed, giggling and covering her face with her hands. Amanda says she's feeling guilty about being in a relationship after her husband. 
She also says there'll be absolutely no sex tonight, but she's open to cuddling. Okay, so what was your kind of impression, your take on Amanda's reactions to Rasmin and everything like in their meeting? I mean, that all just screamed to me that she is not ready to be with another dude. Yes, like, I, I thought all. the same thing. Yeah. yeah. It, I mean, it was it was just like she it, it almost it was so uncomfortable and it is weird. Yes. It is always weird when you have to when you're doing that stuff with someone for the first time. Right. Right. But, right. And, and we can't even imagine it is weird even first time after you're out of a long relationship where, you know, you probably relate like after being in sure. a marriage where mm-hmm. you're supposed to be faithful to this person and then. To go from that, that that's weird enough. That person's still alive, right? Now imagine if right. your partner's passed on. Like, I'm sure there's got to be some element of, I don't know, like some kind of comfort or there's something where it's like the last person I had sex with was my late husband. And it's like almost like you want to hold on to that. And I think they kind of imply that that's the only person she's ever been with. Yeah. And yeah. that's definitely a whole other like level of uh, level of things. It's and so well, yeah. we did the math. I think they got together when she was 19. So that's mm-hmm. not terribly surprising. Right. And so, yeah, it's so but I feel like it's going to be weird at first, but I feel like it's also I don't know. I don't know. It's just kind of like if it's right and it's the right time and you've you know, you're in the right place to do it. It's weird in that, like, I'm going to touch you now, right? But then once you start, it's fine, right? Once once things get started, it, it should stop being weird. And if it, the fact that it doesn't is 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 kind of a red flag. You're well, making I faces. Thought, like, it always feels weird for you. Is what you're saying? It wasn't matching up with how she was reacting, right? She kept on telling us in right. the interview, like, "Oh, he's so good looking. I'm so attracted to him. I just want to like kiss him." And it's like, "Do you?" Because you seem to be telling him to get his tongue out of your mouth. Like you don't want him looking at you. You know, it's just like I don't, I don't know. Like it's like almost like her interview is kind of this polished image of what she thinks she be she should be feeling but then mm-hmm. we're seeing it play out like she's uncomfortable and i get it there's a lot of couples that have like had a hard time with kind of that chemistry being there right um, but it very much reminds me of love is blind irena mm-hmm. and what it was zach? his face the lawyer dude zach and kind of like her reaction and her like discomfort with seeing him in person and part of it was that the chemistry wasn't there physically mm-hmm. oh that that and that's totally true it was just usually the stakes are a lot lower when you get that when you get from i've seen this person online i think they're cute when i've talked to them on the video chat right mm-hmm. but there's that it gives you that safe distance right when you're yeah. especially when you're on chat but when they're like actually looking at you with their own eyes in person it can definitely feel different and i think you know, anybody who spent any any amount of time, you know, online dating has been like gone to it and was like, yeah, I was vibing online or whatever. We were chatting, but we got together in person. It's just like, nah, no, this does not. This is just this doesn't work. And uh, yeah, I do think there is an element of and I thought about this with Irina and Zach, you know, in Love is Blind. Like it's not immediate. And I get that you've had these intense, deep conversations with someone. Mm-hmm. But the physical comfort, I think, takes time. I mean, at least in my experience, it, you know, I haven't I haven't online dated where I had this intense relationship with someone, but like enough where you're just kind of like, oh, I should feel like I'm farther along. But I think for me, at least it takes time to have that comfort kind of be met. And that's not something that any prior conversation is going to expedite. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess I guess like I, I guess mine is a little bit different. It's like you you. Yeah. Which I get, which was kind of different than what I was saying, because I was like, no, mine is like, all right, well, you jump in the deep end, like you try, like you go for it, and it either still feels weird, and it's like, meh, we went for it, and it didn't work, or you're like, all right, well, cool, we'll keep it, like, it's all good now, but. Yeah, I think I would be more Amanda's style, like, where it's like, kind of leveling up progressively would make me feel more comfortable, mm-hmm. um, but at the same time. Like, this is not a situation conducive to that, oh, you know, no, philosophy. No, and the part of it it's is – three weeks. And they're, they're massive, massive different 
backgrounds and expectations mm-hmm. of relationships, right? Mm-hmm. Like she, like it was, it, if we're going with that, that he's, she was with one person for a really long time who passed away. She was still in love with them when they when they were done, right? It wasn't like right. someone she had fallen out of love with, right? And so she has that one person that's very comfortable and he's, I mean, obviously a player, right? So he's obviously yeah. getting around and, yeah. you know, so he, and so he thinks nothing of it. And it was like, well, you, you know, whatever you sleep with somebody, you sleep with somebody. It's not, it's not even a thing, right? Like he mm-hmm. doesn't, she has a lot more weight on everything physical, you know, from kissing all the way up than he does. Like he, he, yeah. he thinks a lot less of it. I mean, to the point where she asked what the tissues were for and he was like, tissue stuff like it was weird <laughs> that it wasn't self-explanatory what the tissues could be used for it seems pretty self-evident yeah i mean to be honest i see this imploding pretty quickly i mean the yeah. fact that she was getting on his case about the bathroom yeah, stuff that, i was like oh god this is not starting off good no that to me sounded like i'm i it sounded to me like she was going to pick a fight to justify not yes. having to be physical with him. Right. I kind of got that same vibe as well. Like, let me pick apart all these little things. Let me pick fights with you so you can reject me and I don't have to make a tough decision. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That was that was it was just a silly fight. He had a little tiny pedestal sink and she was like, there's not enough room for my brush on it. It's like, well, I don't know what you're bringing. I don't know what you have. Maybe you have yeah. a hanging makeup caddy and you don't need any room. I don't know. Like, right. it's weird. And she, I like, can make throws room for her you brush now. on the floor to make a point. And I'm just like, oh my goodness, this is not good. Now, granted, I know that's why people don't like pedestal sinks, right? Mm-hmm. Especially in be- bedroom, be- bedroom bathrooms. But that was like not, that was not a, pr- it was, it was, it was, there was something behind that. And, and Yes, right. And just, I don't know. And then we also have to remember she's young, right? I want to say like 22, 24. <sighs> Is she that young? Um, yeah, she's young. Yeah, yeah. So there's that too um, in dealing with that. I just, I, I don't, I don't know how she's going to be able to handle the jealousy at all, right? That sounds like it's going to be too much. Like if she is this reserved and this regarded when it comes to anything physical, which is fine, but it's just a mismatch of him flirting with women for a living. Like that's literally his living. Yeah. I would say that the odds are very much not in their favor. Um, If I were to, you know, be a betting person and uh, say which, but sadly I wouldn't say they're in the worst shape. No, they're not, actually. Um, I think I, the two that are left are probably in worse shape. Let's start with mine. Um, yeah. I would say this has to be the worst shape um, in terms of this Well, I mean, this one's almost like guaranteed, right? I, ah, we'll get to it. So anyway, so we start right where we left off with Tyre. Production is telling him that the person he has been messaging is a man and that they – this man says his name is Christian. So Tyree just seems just blown away. He, he's a loss for words. So they say that they have a recording of Christian talking to producers and a recording of Christian like calling the calling voicemail to apologize. But Tyree says he's not ready to hear that yet. So they kind of follow him around the house as he washes his face off and checks his phone. I mean, he's obviously embarrassed and says he usually doesn't put his guard down like that. Um, and he's disappointed in himself. You know, he's seen Catfish. I've watched that show before. <laughs> But yeah. he didn't think he was getting played because he didn't send all that much money. So then we talk about the money But he did for a bit. spend money. They I was talk like, about that for a Ty Ray, come on now. Yeah. He was like, it wasn't that much money. It was just fifty to a hundred dollars every month, and she was always asking for more. I was like, mm. so he says. Anyway, later that night, we see him drinking some Red's Apple Ale and sending sending some uh, text messages, which is just going ignored. He says he knows it isn't real. But does he really know it's not real? So he says he's he. It's hold not hard not to hold on to a glimmer of hope. Maybe somebody stole her phone and messaged me. Maybe her phone was hacked. So he's not willing to walk away yet until he can get to the bottom of everything. So the next day, producers want to know if he's ready to talk, but he's not going to have any privacy because his mom's going to be back around. So they he they can go for a walk. So they talk out there. So he says the reality is hitting him hard and he doesn't know what his next step should be. So his plan is to tell his brother and sister so they can give him advice. So that's going to be pretty awkward, though, because they don't even know that he was dating anybody or was <laughs> going to go to, I don't know, this whole period. So 
he doesn't want to burden the family with his problems and he needs some advice, but he needs some advice here. So Lashanti and I missed the brother's name, but it's there. We're surprised to hear that he wanted to talk about something. Usually, I guess, usually it's just like they never hear anything from him or, you know, it's never like nothing personal that they hear from him. So he starts by saying that he's been in an international relationship for four years, which is a lot since a lot for them to take in since his sister seems to think that maybe he was asexual. Like it's yeah. been so long since anything. So he also tells them about the trip that he took to Barbados to meet her. So he he just told them he was on a trip to Barbados, but he was actually there to meet her. So he was there for five days, was quarantined for, quarantined for three of them because they had pretty strict COVID protocols at the time. And then she ghosted him. So he tells them that what the producers told him and Lashanti thinks he needs to hear this recording. So then a producer just like appears out of nowhere and just like whoosh recording. I have a recording for you to listen to. And um, everybody holds hands. They hold hands like a big circle, like it's a seance. And they uh, play the conversation from the producer's phone. So Tyree can't, Tyree can't even make it through the, uh, the producer being like, so what's your real name before he has to get up and walk out? So his sister follows him out because he is not – he's not handling this great and as would most people I assume. All right. So what would you say in percentage-wise, how convinced is Tyree that this is actually a catfish? How, how big is his glimmer of hope? Is it like a 3% hope? Is it like a 10% hope that's left here? I was going to go with 5%, but even that, it's like, come on, that's Tyree. That's a lot of hope. That's a lot but of hope, But I think that's yeah. like not really his fault, right? It's like – the logical part of him knows it is 100% someone else, right? Yes. But I think he is having a very hard time reconciling what he thought was reality in the past to Mm -hmm. actual reality, you know? And so it it must be really difficult to have believed something for so long, like two years, you know, of talking to this person a person consistently and then really wrapping your head around the fact that this person is not who they said they were and not even not who they said they were like you know oh this person is a liar like no this person is a completely different person it's not the same gender it's not the same like look you -hmm. know it's like you don't this is a completely different person and that must be really like mind-boggling yeah, I mean, it, it is because it, I mean, it, just to put it in that he had complete trust, right? Yeah. And so it, it would be something similar to if like, you know, my partner was just like, actually, I'm a hologram. You haven't been right. with me this whole time. I am some, you know, weird, big, you know, weird, weird dude who is. Yeah, because I think you would like, question. I, I mean, I personally would question my own sanity. Right. Yes. How was I fooled by this? Yeah. Right. And so I think wrapping your head around not even being able to trust yourself, right. I think is part of what makes it very hard to reconcile. Right. And then once you come to that, I can't even trust myself. Then you're like, well, can I even trust myself not to trust myself? What can I trust? Like, is this right. even bread? Like, yeah, it's, yeah, like, it's is like everybody fake. Like, yeah. And then it's just like, well, maybe I thought like all of this was like a reality. It does. It kind of like almost Matrix style puts it on its head. Like you question all reality now. Right. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. But I mean, he gives us two. Not plausible, but like. Maybe it was her brother who doesn't want him in this relationship and he picks up the phone and like, no, I'm a I'm a dude. I doesn't texting you. Right. 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 Yeah. Um, so like I feel like if this person wanted to like turn it around and be like, psych, actually, I'm still Carmela, he might be brought back. He might be able to be dragged back into it, you know? <sighs> I mean, Tyree, it's like, come on, like you're watching catfish. I feel like I feel like the scamming thing on catfish is a little less of a thing that we kind of see on this show, but it's just like a couple things, right? The video chat, super suspicious. Got yeah, that that's... from catfish, right? Yep. Number two, like you should never be – and like I get that $50 to you feels like, oh, but it's such a small amount. Why would this person go out of their way to keep up this lie for two years for $50 a month? That just seems like pointless. It's like, well, guess what, Tyra? You are not the only one. If she can scam like you know 10 people into giving her $50 a month, that's a decent enough chunk of money where it's worth it to do that. Mm, yeah, that's true. That's true. I mean, 
Yeah, I mean, it, plus he also said the he also even specifically said that it was only one social network. Like she wouldn't talk anywhere but Snapchat. That's always a, a yeah, red flag too. Also a red so flag. There's too many. So it's just like there's too many ex post facto uh, red flags that we heard where we're like. I was like, well, you know, maybe it was somebody exacting revenge on her. I could plausibly see that as a, you know, outside thing. But then he lists all the, she would only talk to me on Snapchat. She kept asking for money. She wouldn't video chat with me. And I'm like, oh, no, no, that's that's just becoming increasingly. Your 5% is slowly dwindling down here. Oh, my goodness, Tyree. All right. uh, Let's move on to our last couple. And that's Riley and Violet. So Riley is leaving for Vietnam in a few days to see his girlfriend, Violet. Riley is first going to visit his dad to make sure that he's okay before he's gone for a while. Riley's dad, Kelson, had a bad case of COVID earlier this year, and they were worried he was going to die. So Riley doesn't talk to his dad too much about his personal life. So his dad does know about Violet, but not much details. Kelson is from Trinidad, and he looks forward to his Friday visits with Riley, where Kelson makes a curry goat. Goat curry? Goat curry. Uh, Kelson asks why Riley uh, can't find a woman closer to home because he's worried and doesn't trust foreign women. Kelson says that Violet has sent him texts speaking negatively about Riley, calling him selfish. Riley thinks that Violet was trying to manipulate him through his elderly dad, and Riley is now pissed because this is the first he's hearing about her reaching out to Kelson. Riley thinks, uh, sorry, Kelson thinks that this is a red flag and doesn't think that he should go to Vietnam. Riley is clearly upset and doesn't want to talk about it with his dad anymore. Riley says that Violet messed up, so why would she reach out to his family to complain about him? Riley is rethinking this trip entirely, but instead, his course of action is to call a private investigator. Riley is looking to hire someone to get to the bottom of the divorce and the fact that she hadn't deleted her dating app account in the past. Riley wants to know the truth. The investigator is planning on stalking her. And Riley was like, you guys do that? He thinks that it's crazy, but he also thinks about it more. And he's like, I think that'd give me peace of mind. The investigator has a lot of American clients and he tells Riley kind of anecdotally that 80% of the time the women are lying. Riley is trying to stay positive, but now he's worried. Riley is also worried that hiring a PI will cause Violet to find out and break up with him. Okay, so what do you think about this private investigator? Like, is this a good idea? Bad idea? It's, I, I, there, the situations where a private investigator is the correct answer to the problem (laughs) are so exceedingly rare that we shouldn't even have the, phrase a private investigator as part of our lexicon like it is no it's always bad like, well here's what it means i you think already about don't trust them like, right. it's done okay so that's what i was gonna say i think a private investigator um the situation may be appropriate when it's kind of open knowledge that there is no trust there right so, uh, for example, is I kind of thought it would be interesting to hire a private investigator in a situation where there's a divorce and you need to see if that person's living with someone. Okay, if you're divorced, there is no expectation of trust. That person is obviously going to lie to you for their own personal gain. That's a scenario where you yeah, would hire. Yeah, I mean, a- I was I was thinking like business things like that. Yeah, if you need to catch someone voiding a contract or something like that mm-hmm. behind the scenes, and it's like it's a it's a so it's still legal issues though, right? Yeah. It's just not criminal legal issues. It's civil legal issues, right? Right. You know, right. this person, we have an exclusive contract with this fruit distributor and well, yeah. I hired a private investigator. They find they're buying fruit from somebody else. Like, okay, that that's – then they then you right. can prove they voided your contract. And, you know, your divorce, your divorce decree is a contract. Right, right. right. But like a scenario where there is supposed to be an expectation of trust, then no, a private investigator is not the answer. Right. And especially because the whole point is, is like, I want to find out and give myself peace of mind without talking to them or involving them in the process at all, which is like, it does, it just, it's so wackadoodle crazy that you're like, I'm going to solve this problem in the relationship without involving the other person in the relationship. And it's like, yeah. well, then you're not going to solve the problem. Like it takes two people to solve all your problems. 
Yeah. Okay. So, what do you think about Violet reaching out to Kelson? I thought this was a was very bizarre so move. Weird. That is. It was very weird. Incredibly weird. I just all I could think of was like, I, 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 I I'm just putting in my own family's you know frame of right. mind. Like if some if oh if gosh, I had, if someone if, reached out to your dad, I think first of all, I don't think your dad would take a minute to like tell you about it. No, no, one second. He'd be like, Mr. O, get these people off my phone. Why, why, are, they, why are they texting me? Like, they're never, right. never, they should, people should not be texting me, right? And um, so that's what I don't get is he would, he wouldn't like, oh, I'll keep this a secret. He would tell me immediately and also said, also, tell them never to contact me again. Why is this person well, on my phone? Okay, I'll give you a scenario because I understand where Kelson is coming from. I had a, a friend's ex-girlfriend kind of do the same thing to me. It was like a bizarre situation where I was staying at his house and he had already moved out um, and his ex-girlfriend was still living there. And she almost was like trying to plant the seeds of she wanted me to kind of tell him that she was like dating someone new, you know, and all this other stuff. And I was like, I most certainly am not going to say any of this stuff to him because, you know, I, I just felt like it was a manipulation. You know, like she's trying to get a reaction out of him and she's trying to use me to get the news to him. So I didn't tell him. I didn't tell him for years. And then I was talking about how I didn't really like her. And then, uh, you know, he had moved on. You know, it was ancient history. And I finally told him because at that point, it's like, you know, I didn't feel like the news would bother him at all. Mm -hmm. And I did. I felt like it was a manipulation. So I can see how Kelson is like she wants to get a reaction. She wants me to convey this information to Riley without having to tell Riley herself, you know, or, and so I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to give her her way. Yeah. I mean, I would go, I, I think I would be the other way. Cause first of all, in the end, this is me thinking about my dad. I can't imagine mm -hmm. anyone thinking that my dad would be a sympathetic ear in this situation. No, <laughs> nobody at all would ever imagine that. But Two, I feel like he would, he would, you know, I think and this is probably the move I'd be like, I'd be like, oh, just so you know, your girlfriend is texting me some weird stuff. And you'd be like, yeah. what kind of weird stuff? And be like, you'll have to talk to her about it. Like, yeah. Yeah. Right. And that way it's not me conveying anything, but like, but your situation is a little bit different because that's like, well, let me text his friend to see if I can get him to be jealous because I need him to know right. about this. Well, that's different than. Yeah. Your your son is awful in a relationships, and you need to blah 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 blah, and he needs to fix it. Like what? What is what? What? Like yeah. block. Like, but I, I definitely got the sense that she wanted Riley to know these things without having to tell him directly herself. Right? Mm -hmm. She didn't want to like accuse him to his face. You're a selfish man. You know, blah blah. blah. So instead, she tells the dad. Which that's is such also a weird. weird. That's such like, a weird in what thing. world is dad going to side with her? Yeah. That's the other thing, too, is like, oh, this is interesting information that I must pass on to my son, that he is a selfish person who doesn't take care of his girlfriend. Like, why? What? No, he's not going to do <laughs> yeah. that. What are you thinking? I don't – It, and so that really I, – I'm more curious to, to really meet Violet now because it's like this person's weird. Like, this, 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 this is a move that makes so little sense to me. That eh, I kinda it wanna, seems like an immature move to me. Yeah, I mean, it, I don't know. It's it's all just weird. I mean, not as bad as Riley smoking that gigantic cigar in his house. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, his house. He's got to maintain his so jazz bad. image, you know. Just, I just, it's a, it was a huge. It was like a, it was a big ass cigar, like really. <laughs> really thick and i just like i just all i could think of watching him do this and talk to the private investigator like leaning back on his desk you know getting trying to look cool as anything all i could think was his house must smell so bad <laughs> it's, it's <laughs> awful yeah yeah all right so it looks like based on the previews we have more people in the mix. One more? I think we saw one new person in the preview. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and they we'll keep showing. Them yeah, soon, I'm sure. I have. I, I'm sure I'll have. I'm sure I have thoughts about that because I already seen right. seen her. Like I have thoughts, so that'll be fun to yeah. get to. 
Well, I mean, it'll be interesting because I kind of wonder if she's just going to replace Tyree, right? Because he can't be in it much longer. I just – okay. So, you know what keeps bugging me is the um, – I, I keep – and they were brilliant with this early on is, is Caesar and Maria, right? Yeah. Because I keep thinking that's what keeps me being like, well, would they keep on the show if it was just like we found out it was a catfish and then nothing happened? What if she is real? What if it's a – intricate scam where there's the multiple people involved like i keep thinking there's going to be a twist and there probably won't be it'll oh, probably be another gosh. williams situation where it's just like mom you're getting catfished no i'm not mom you're getting catfished are you <laughs> sure mom you're getting catfished end of season like well the great thing about caesar and maria is i don't think anyone saw it coming nobody. that she was real yeah yeah it was like she is real like that and so they 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 have so much like set themselves up for me always being like, is it a catfish though? Because they tricked right, me one right. time. <laughs> I know. That was like one of the best twists of the show ever, I feel like. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. All right. Um, okay. So out of the group we saw this week, uh, who was your student of the week? I'm going to say this one because I don't think I'm going to have a chance to ever say it again. I'm going to say I'm going to say Rosvind. Um, I think he handled this as delicately as good. The, the the meeting with Amanda did not go down like he wanted it to. No, right? no. But he wasn't like he seemed to roll with it and try to like soothe her and like try to get, be where she's at a little bit better. How much of this is also very slim pickings of either we didn't hear much about them at all or they were actively bad. So I'll go with there. Yeah. Okay. You're right. It was very slim pickings. Um, I went with David. I and maybe for the same reason that you know last week I saw this in him, but I feel like he's he's going into this being hopeful but realistic. Mm -hmm. And I appreciate that he says like he's willing to accept the loss if it doesn't work out. Um, I appreciate that he is putting himself out there, even though this, I'm sure, is very anxious and stress-inducing uh, adventure for him, you know, like saying he hasn't flown in 18 years, having to be uh, reliant on other people, being such a good sport that he is claiming uh, the airline food is good. <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> like, I was like, this this guy thinks airline food is good? Like, it was <laughs> I know. And I saw what he was eating, too. And I swear it was the same thing I was eating. I was like, no, dude, I just had that. It was not good. <laughs> yeah. So um, just being, like, positive. So I went with David. Yeah. Okay. What about your dunce? Uh, I went with Riley. Um, I just think mm -hmm. that. This handling everything bad, it, the, the, having so little trust in her to start with, right? And then thinking he's going to fix the trust by hiring someone to stalk her is yeah. <laughs> not a good plan and kind of is actually kind of an awful move as a person. So I'm going with that. Okay. I went with Amanda. Um, I just feel like she's picking fights already, and that was just like, ooh. Yeah, she is, is. She is picking not fights already. End well, yeah. Okay. Uh, what about your life lesson? Uh, I mean, it's hard not to have life lessons for Tyree with all the with all the you know stuff that's going on with it. But it's like, I, I guess this one is the one that got me. You you need time when something like this happens to you. You need time to process it. Not in public <laughs> because yeah. it's like the worst version of you, right? Like I've had right. experiences like this where I found things out that just knocked me out and like just completely floored me. Mm -hmm. And it was like, yeah, me for the next like, you know, week after that was like the worst version of me, right? And I mm. don't – you don't want that person to be on TV. So he really should just be like, hey, guys, give me a couple days and I will call yeah. you when I'm ready to talk. Yeah. Uh, well, my life lesson is for Tyree and his family. Um, and I guess a little bit – there's a couple other ones that are like this too. I guess uh, the situation with uh, Riley as well. But if you are finding that you are so like hesitant to share like significant things mm. with your family and mostly in these two cases because they don't want to hear naysayers, right? You really have to evaluate like why – 
you are so hesitant to share because if it's just because you're like, oh, well, they're just always judgmental. But it's like if it's because you don't want to hear a potential truth, then you need to give yourself a reality check. Yeah. 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 And and it's funny because I I go the other way because I definitely have been hesitant to to talk to my family about things. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's more of the judgmental thing. And it it took me Mm -hmm. a long time to realize, wait a second. That's not a reasonable response from them. Like, I, I should, <laughs> this is like this is a lot. I shouldn't have got like you know. It's not like a. It's not like I don't want to hear the truth about it. It's like I don't right. want to hear your crap about it. Sometimes you know. Yeah, I think it also depends on your family because Tyree's family seemed ultimately supportive for sure, right? Yeah, and so I think he really it was just like avoiding hearing like the suspicion. Right. And I think part of it is like if you're already having doubts yourself, then right. that makes that even worse. Well, and you don't need to hear your I, doubts being echoed back to you. I also think Tyree's self-esteem is pretty low that like, yeah, he, he it's <laughs> when you say, well, if you're already having doubts yourself and he's like, so if you're alive, like, of like mm-hmm. you know, that's just he always is. He's always having doubts. Um, I know. Poor guy. He just seems so genuine. Like, I feel yeah. like. There there are plenty of women that, you know, like, he's a good-looking guy, too. And I was going to say, like, I know he's really self-conscious about his weight. But at the same time, there's other people, like, that are his size as well out mm-hmm. there. I feel like he's someone, if he put himself out there, could easily find someone, a good person um, out there that would match with him. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. If there's somebody out there for everybody, I believe it. Well, yeah, and plus he's not a garbage person. We see yeah, plenty of non, people that are there's a non-garbage person available right, for everyone. That, yes, you know, could attract someone, but they're a garbage person. So you're just kind of like, yeah. <laughs> fair, fair enough. Yeah. All right. So uh, next week, uh, we don't really know what's happening because I'm about to get on a boat soon. So that yeah. makes it difficult. <laughs> that makes record. it difficult. So we might have a substitute. Uh, we might be a little late. Uh, it's yeah. kind of on Mr. O, but I don't oh, know. Oh, it's if on we, me. Okay. It's on me. Yeah, I see we, how it is. I don't know if we figured it out yet. We, definitely, but you, we, we had candidates. The problem is all the candidates we have come from your end, and then I don't have oh, any yeah. candidates on my Yeah, that's, yeah it's a challenge. But uh, one of us will figure it out. Yes. And uh, yeah, one of us will be back next week. <laughs> oh, we'll see everybody right. then. Okay, okay, until then. Okay, bye. Okay, bye. Uh-huh.